0: Hello everyone. Welcome to Studio Podcast. First of all, I just want to say thanks for listening. We are excited to get this podcast up and running. If you are new to Studio, we are a church in Greenville, South Carolina. Our heart is to create a place where God and people meet so beautiful things can happen and beautiful things are created. So thanks for listening. And with that, let's get right to it.
1: Thank you, thank you, fresh off of a birthday. I'm closer to 50, 46 now, and I'm thankful to be healthy and alive, and I'm definitely not apologetic for my age because it's a blessing to be alive, and it's a blessing to celebrate birthdays because that means I am alive, and that's what God does when he blesses you. He adds days to your life, so... Thank you, God, for life. So good to be here. I love Sundays. I don't know how you guys are, but during the week, I feel so thankful when we get to gather and worship together, and I love who you guys are. We are so delighted to be here in Greenville, you guys. We still pinch ourselves going, we live in Greenville, South Carolina. Like, we live here, and we just planted a church. Like, we're doing this thing, and we're not just doing it, but we are having fun, and we love doing this with you. And I was talking to someone out in the lobby, and I feel this way from the beginning and all the way through. This is an honest statement. I am overwhelmed by the amount of cool people that are here. <laughs> like, you guys are great people. The quality and caliber of people all around you are is very, very high. Like, we could be friends, like a lot of us. I mean, I know it's impossible to be that good of friends with every single person, but that's how I feel about you. And when I talk and I hear stories, you guys are incredible. And so what I'm most amazed about studio are the people. And I just want to say thanks for being who you are. Thanks for being friendly. Do you guys know you're kind people? I mean, maybe you're just kind to me because we started the church, but I look at you and you seem kind to each other too. And and I'm just super thankful for that. I feel that way just in Greenville in general, maybe it's the South. Coming from California, I felt like people were kind there, but there is just such an ease um, in getting to know people and and um, doing life, so I just feel thankful for that. And we have so many stories on how we've met people in this journey. You know, when Eric and I first got here last summer, we would just ride our bikes around town. I mean, we're empty nesters. We I'm in a selfish season of life. I just take care of myself. like. <laughs> Is that, it's just so different than having kids. So all you people who have kids in your house just know like one day you will have time and you will get to do whatever you want to do. So I was there. So we're in a season. We just ride our bikes around, go visit, meet people, meet with other pastors. And we were going downtown and we were walking out of Methodical. And right where we're walking on Methodical, um, two guys stopped us. And mind you, we'd only lived here for like a month and a half. Uh, and we did not know very many people. And they're like, Eric and Candace? Yes. They're like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I was praying that I'd run into you. Awesome. Well, hi, I'm Candace. You know, you just, this, I know who I am. I don't know who you are. And, um, and then he just went to say, I'm busy and my friend lives here, uh, but we're actually praying about uh, coming and I wanted to run into you. And I'm like, well, how awesome to be able to run into you. I go, actually, we're going to meet at the park tomorrow. We're having a barbecue at that time. We thought we'd host a barbecue for anyone who had just moved here and that we did know and just said, why don't you just come? And so the next day they came and that's how we met a group of incredible, four incredible people, actually more than four. It was Luke and, um, and Josh um, Lechleitner, Luke on Spotch. He was, were you on drums tonight? He was on drums and then Josh and Jess helped set up all the time for us and tear down their out of town this uh, weekend. But it's so incredible how interactions like that happen. We were just walking around, minding our own business, and yet the Lord actually orchestrated us to run into each other. It was with such ease. They came to the barbecue, I think it was the next day or the next two days, and it was instant connection with everybody at the barbecue. And his dad, Mike Lechleitner, they, he prayed for um, the Ukraine a couple weeks ago. This family that God just brought us together. And there are so many stories inside of this room that God has just brought us all together. And it really has been a bit effortless. I don't know. I know it's not, every, it's not every single thing, but relationally, I just want to say thank you, and also encourage you that if you're in a place that it has been challenging relationally, that um, my prayer is that God would just begin to connect you to the people around you because honestly, in this room, there is so much kindness. And if you have enough courage all to ask somebody out in this room to go to coffee or to connect, there's no reason that you need to be doing life alone in this season. And there's no reason if you're in this room, because I just tell you, there's more than enough. Eric's talking about abundance. You know, we are created to live in abundance. That's why Jesus, that's what he actually gave his life for. We're in here worshiping Jesus. He gave his life that we wouldn't, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what John 10.10 says. But he also says that he came to give us life and life abundantly. And that's what we're all about. And Eric's talking about abundance and finances life. But really it's more than enough that he has that we have more than enough to give away. And so that's what we're going after. I'm really excited to talk tonight. It's um, encouraging word, but also just in I want to encourage us to keep going forward, but also talk to us on where we're at relationally at Studio. Eric said, 10 weeks, guys. We are 10 weeks old meeting week to week, which is super exciting, but we're also in this growing stage. Eric also said, baby with teeth. I'm like, that's kind of scary. I don't know. (laughs) You know why he says that? It's just because it feels like we should be older than we are, but we're only 10 weeks old, but we might have some teeth and maybe armpit hair or something, but (laughs) there's some weird stuff going on no?" It's beautiful, but I want to talk about things that are going to help us to stay healthy because that's one of the things, I don't want to just be alive and celebrate birthdays, but I want to be healthy. I want to enjoy life. I want to be able to use all the things that God has given us. And as a church and relationally, I want us to be able to do that as well. So tonight, I'm actually going to talk about trust, one of those good old foundational things. We, we want to have healthy life, healthy relationships. One of the foundations of healthy relationships is trust. And so that's what we're going to go start with, and um, we'll see how far we get. But um, Stephen Covey, who I, I love, I'm encouraged by a lot of stuff that he writes, but he says, trust is the glue of life. It's the foundational principle that holds all relationships. We experience this, we believe it, but it's not one of those things you can see. You know, sometimes you don't realize, why do I actually feel like I can do anything in this relationship But I want I wish all my relationships were like that. It's trust is so huge. It counts for way more than we probably ever talk about or give it credit. And right now, you know, we've been meeting for 10 weeks. I've been we've been in Greenville for nine months. And so all my relationships here, unless I knew you really well in Reading, we are at the most nine months old. And the thing about relationships is they just take time. They take time. I say it to encourage you because a lot of us feel a lot of things. We might feel lonely. We might, we're just all on a journey, but we are in the beginning stages of something new here. How many people feel like they're in a new season in this last year? Raise your hand. Yeah, a lot of us. How many people are in a new location in this last year? So there's a lot of transition as well. New seasons, new location, and We're getting the opportunity to build something new. And so trust, I feel like is one of the foundational things that we could get really good at building. If we could build trust, think of the things that we could do if we actually had more depth to our relationships. I believe that trust allows us to create deep and meaningful relationships. It gives us a foundation to be real with each other, even when it's hard. And it's the, even when it's hard part, I love to dip, put, put that in there because it's easy to go have ice cream together. I'm like, who doesn't like ice cream? I like ice cream. You like ice cream? So now let's go, let's go have ice cream. But what happens when I have a problem or things aren't going so well, or I actually need help or maybe I'm sad, things aren't at the ice cream level anymore. Or what if I have a problem with you? I'm like, well, let's, yeah, let's go have ice cream. Wouldn't it be fun if life was just about ice cream? But you know, wouldn't it be fun because all our needs wouldn't be met? Because we actually have things about us that are dynamic and involve way more than just ice cream and smiles. And like, who's with us in those spaces? And that's the kind of family we're building. And that's the thing about family that's interesting. When I say the word family, you guys probably have mixed feelings in this room. Wonderful, food, hard, chaotic, strife. I mean, there's so many things that are involved in family. But one of my favorite things about family is, is it's usually very vulnerable, and that's the thing that makes it hard because we all know each other in family. I know the good things, the ugly things, the weird things. All, and Eric and I were just saying. He laughed at me the other day, and he, he just maybe yesterday. I'm like, you're laughing at me. He goes, I know that's just fun. I'm like, but what about me? He goes, you laugh at me. I'm like, because <laughs> I go, I do, I do, because it is really fun. Because there are things about us that are just funny. I'm not saying good, bad, weird. It could be all the above, but they are funny. and At least we might as well enjoy them together and like, okay, that's fine. You just laugh. But that is the fun thing about family is when we can get to a spot where I know you and I'm going to enjoy you. And I can say laugh at you makes it sound bad. It was all in like pretty fun, easygoing. I don't want him to make fun of me. If I fall and scrape my knee, please like be nice to me. So that is the beautiful thing about family and that's what we are creating here and I know we're at a beginning level but we are going to continue to go deeper and deeper and I know that it's going deeper because I'm hearing different conversations and the reason I want to talk about this because as we go deeper we want to develop trust it's this is huge has anyone ever um, done the activity where they give you materials and they can give you whatever materials and your job is to build a bridge? Your job is to build a bridge because after X amount of time, we're going to see how much weight can go on your bridge. Can we drive across your bridge? Maybe it's like the engineering class or math class when you're in high school. Toothpicks, marshmallows. Go, build a bridge. And then they put weight and then whose bridge can carry the most weight. Or they give you foil and then you're going to build a boat. Actually, that's not a bridge, but that's another, like, we did it where we um, build a boat and how many pennies can you put in your boat before it sinks. It's all the engineering stuff. But sometimes relationships are a lot like that. You know, our building blocks, life can get heavy. We can get heavy. There are so many dynamics to us, but when we are relating to each other, we have to build up our relationship so it can handle weight, and that is trust. We have to intentionally build trust. Like If I just wanted to go and just talk about all the hard things in life right now with you, our relationship might not be able to handle it. Because you might not know me, understand me, vice versa. I mean, we're going to, that's a lot of weight for a new relationship to handle. So I tell you, we've been here nine months. We've been in studio weekly, 10 weeks. Our relationships are going to start to go deeper. And my prayer is if they're not going deeper, that we would start to be intentional and start investing in them and building those bridges so that we can go deeper. Because we do want this to be a place where we can do life together. Like, I want to be able to ask you, who knows you? And you can say, Chris and Linda Munford know me. Oh, Ann knows me. There's people in this room, Chad and Sarah. We want to be in places where people actually see you and know you. But most of the time, you're not going to show up if there's not trust. You know, the first day we're having ice cream, I'll show up. This is fun. But after, like, a week, a month, a couple months, if we haven't built any trust, do you know what's going to happen at those times we're together? I'm going to have a smiley face, and it's going to be this good to see you. But do you know how deep it's going to go? No weight's going to put on that relationship. Because all relationships, we need to have trust. So how do what does it look like? What does building trust look like? I'm going to um, go through a quick list. I believe there's probably a lot of other things, but first I'm going to say knowing. I believe that to build trust, we need to take time to get to know each other. When Eric and I were first married, I remember there was things, we went to one of our pastor friends, we would bring up things like, ah, we're just having a hard time working this out. I feel nervous when this happens, or, you know, he's having a hard time when I ask so many questions. He's thinking I'm questioning him. I'm just really curious about everything. And we would go and talk to this pastor, and the pastor looked at us and just said, you guys are newlyweds. You know, you're just learning to trust each other, and you're going to get to know each other more, and then once you know each other more, these will be things that you'll, these will not even be questions for you. And I tell you, we're 25 years, 24 and a half years married now, and it's funny, now we know each other so well, I just need to look at his face. I'm like, yep, okay, or hear a tone, or... You don't even need to say anything because I know him so well that it's just, oh, this, is, this might look questionable to somebody else, but I know exactly what he's thinking. There's something beneficial and beautiful when we actually know each other because then we don't even have to question anything. Like, I know how you think. I know your character. I know that you're going to do what you said you're going to do. I know that you mean the best for me. So relationships, knowing, and knowing takes time. So let's give each other time and grace and space. Secondly, listening. Listening is huge. People are talking to me about brave communication. I've got brave communication down. I'm like, that's awesome. I can see that you can dish well and you can tell me what you think. But like, how brave are you at listening? Because to build trust, we actually need to listen and see each other. Because that's what makes us feel safe of like, oh, I can trust that when I come, you're going to care for me. Do you know that we begin building trust the moment we are born? Because we cry, and what does the person around us, hopefully they respond, they listen and go, oh, I'm going to listen and respond. Let me pick you up. Are you hungry? Do you need your diaper changed? I'm going to take care of you. We learn the, um, to trust. When our parents take care of us. And then all throughout life, we have experiences, and hopefully they're experiences where people are, our parents and people around us are listening and teaching us to trust because they're responding to us when we are communicating. Third is believing, believing the best about each other. I just put believing the best, but I really meant about ourselves and each other. It's like the runway for Relationships. Because how are we gonna move forward if I'm always gonna shut you down or think critical of you? I'm gonna go, well, I know that they really meant this. Like, we're probably not gonna go very far in this trust relationship. And so I just say, at 10 weeks old as a church, let's believe the best about each other. Let's not tell. Let's not allow ourselves to tell, each other story, tell ourselves stories that would be critical of somebody else when we really don't know. That we would go, oh, gosh, I know that you're a kind person. I know that you're doing your best. What, what, please help me understand. Let me lean in a little closer. I'm going to believe the best about you, no matter what the circumstances. Honesty. This is a pretty simple one, but how do you have trust without truth? Truth is one of the easiest ways to build trust. If you want to invest that in a relationship, just be honest. How are you? I'm good. I'm bad. I don't want to answer that. I'm thankful. Remember I told you my owl months ago, if I don't really want to tell you how I'm doing because I don't want to puke on you because it's really that bad, I'll say, I'm thankful because it's usually true. I'm always thankful. So at least I'm being honest. (laughs) Someone told me I'm thankful tonight. I'm like, what does that mean? No. I will say I'm thankful even when I'm doing good. But I am thankful even when I'm doing bad. Um, And reliable. When we are wanting to build trust in relationship, just do what you say you're going to (laughs) do. I will be there at this time and then show up. Oh, I I won't tell anybody. Yeah, you can, I'm, this is a safe place. You can talk to me. Do you know what happened over here? We're just going to pray for them, okay? Like, oh, I told them I wouldn't say it, so I probably shouldn't say it. It's making sure our words and our actions stay close together. That's a really big thing. It seems so simple and it's huge on what allows us to do. And then respect. Respect is regard for feelings, wishes, rights, or traditions of others, I'd say and yourself. It's accepting people for who they are. And we want to build trust with each other, just learning to accept each other and to have enough respect, even in our places of differences. Like even when you're doing something, to believe something that I don't agree with or don't like, can I still respect you? And my hope is that we could build relationships that are respectful um, as we move forward. And then lastly, responsibility, responsible and accountability. Admit, own your mistakes, and make it right. Own your stuff. Those are the best relationships that I have. Is doesn't mean I don't know a perfect person yet, but when people are willing to admit when they're wrong, like, ah, oh, it's so much easier to do life with. Like, we'll go back, let's have ice cream tomorrow. Let's go do something, let's go down in the bottom of the ocean, and we can talk whatever. When stuff goes wrong, Yep, that was me. I'm so sorry. And um, what do I need to do to make it right? I'm sorry. I did accidentally talk about you because I thought we were going to pray for you, and I forgot that you said that, that you didn't want anyone to know. I am so sorry. What do I need to do to make this right? It's just own your stuff. And sometimes it's hard when you feel shameful because I hate hurting people. But I've hurt people, and when I do it, I need to make it right. And so my hope is that we have courage when we're trying to build trust and that we're willing to own up if we do make a mistake. And not run away and hide. Because if we run away and hide, we'll never be able to build those deep relationships. And that's what we want, the kind that you can put a lot of weight on. Because we're going to do life together. We're going to actually not just do life. We're going to live in abundance together. And I believe that there's destinies in this room. And you actually need the people around you to live um, in the, in, to go walk into the places that God has called you to walk in. Like you're not meant to do it alone. So we need each other. I want to take a quick moment to share a quick excerpt from a book that I'm currently reading. It's Brene Brown, her latest book, Atlas of the Heart. It's just a lot of helpful language. And there was a part on betrayal. And I know all of us, as we're doing life, we've all experienced betrayal to some extent. Because betrayal is just, at its core, it's just a violation of trust. So it's just going to probably happen to all of us. Quick little paragraph I want to read. It's possible to heal betrayal... My hope is that this just releases hope in the room. But it is rare because it requires significant courage and vulnerability. To hear the pain we've caused without becoming defensive. In our research, we found the only way back from betrayal is accountability, amends, and action. I love for Christians to hear action because we're, so we're so sorry. We're so sorry. Please forgive me. And then what do we do? Doing is really big in the Bible, like not just being hearers of the word, but actually doers. And even when we've done something wrong, that we don't just apologize, but we actually admit it, and then we do something. So for betrayal, healing that, um, accountability, amends, and action, none of these things are possible without acknowledging the pain and possible trauma that we have caused someone without rationalizing or making excuses. We're also much better as individuals and as a culture at shaming and blaming than we are at actual accountability. And I say this just to call us higher. Like healing is possible and we are agents of healing and reconciliation. But we have a big choice in that on how we want to proceed and move forward. My heart feels tender even saying this because we're in a room full of just the most lovely people. You truly are lovely. And I want to love you and care for you and I want us to care for each other. I want us to build trust. I want us to be honest and be respectful. We're created for relationship and connection. Then that's just who the Lord is. And so we just say yes to that. But one of the biggest relationships that we have is our relationship with the Lord. So it's not just trust with us, but I really want to call us in a deep, deeper place of trust with the Lord. Trust, faith, hope, confidence those are all, I mean, that's just, that's what we are. That's our faith. That's us and how we, um, and how we relate to God. Hebrews 11.1, 1, I love the NIV translation, says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. Trust is the essence of our faith. We worshiping God. Do we actually believe that he is who he says he is? Do we believe what the Bible says about him? Is he really that good? Hebrews eleven six says, "Without faith, it's impossible to please God, because he anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him." Faith, trust—it is the essence of um, what we can give God, but also we can't please him without faith. So I hear that I'm like God. What do we? How do I trust you more? What does it actually look like to? To grow in this, because I, I want to, I want us to get deeper, stronger in our faith, in our trust. Psalms twenty-three talks about the good shepherd. We know this script, we know this um, chapter in Psalms, but I want to read it all together, and I want to specifically focus on location. So when you're reading it, just look at the different locations. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. And do you know why we don't want or lack? It isn't because of who we are. It's because of who he is. What is one of the ways to build trust is to know. And this is, we're going to know God. You actually get to know the Lord in this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God is so good. I believe that we learn to trust him in the journey. Do you know Psalm Psalms 23 is about the journey? It isn't just about going to church like and then look at location. If we can keep the um, Psalms up there, the locations in there. It didn't say just at church he's going to be with us. Like and it's not just on the mountaintops. Like I love victories and I love happy places. I love eating ice cream and God's going to be there, but He's also going to be. Oh wow, He's going to be in the valleys. He's going to be even in the presence of my enemies. Like He's in every spot in our life, and I say this because we've all been in a lot of transition. And I, can't, I do not know what season you're in, but I can tell you that God's with you. And that's what our, this is what our invitation is. Can you see God where you're at? Sometimes it's easy to see him when I'm like, I'm eating ice cream. We should go eat ice cream. Jenny's is opening downtown. Mm-hmm. We could go there. Sometimes it's easy to see God when things are going well, but can we see him when things are going bad? When can we see them when things are hard? You know, and then you read in here, it's not just, so there's different locations, but we also see that there are times where he's doing different things, that he's saying it's time to lie down. It's time to move forward. And I thought it's interesting, this one, in the presence of the enemy, he prepares a table before me. It's time to eat. Wouldn't you want to eat when your enemies are there? I'm like, okay, Lord, who are you? You are provider, God. No matter what is going on, do we know who He is? If we're going to grow in trust, and that's what we're doing, you shake your head. We you going to growing in trust? Yes, we are. How do you grow in trust? You just go on a journey. You go on a journey and you look for where He's at. And Lord, teach us to know You and know Your ways. I want to continue on in um, Psalms 46. Oh, yeah, I'm tighter on time. We'll go fast. Psalms 46, I love this. We're going to read it together, and I'll just pull a few things out. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, abundantly available help. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the sea, carried to the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake "'With its swelling, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, "'the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. "'God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. She shall help him. "'God shall help her just at the break of dawn. "'The nations raised and the kingdom, kingdoms were moved. "'He uttered his voice. The earth melted. "'The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. "'Come, behold the works of the Lord.' Who has made desolations in the earth? He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This is such a beautiful psalm, but for time's sake, I'm just going to focus on a couple um, passages. Verse 7 said, The Lord of hosts is with us. God of Jacob is our refuge. It actually is referring back to the Israelites. The Israelites were in bondage in Egypt, and then God delivered them out of Egypt. But there was a promise, I'm going to take you to a land. It's a great land. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's this beautiful thing. And see, there's, I love talking about this because it's in the word, but you know there's promises right here in this room? There's a promise over your life, and you probably haven't arrived in it fully yet because you're still living and breathing on the earth. And I love talking about promise because we're all on a journey and we get to hear, watch the Israelites when God delivered them out of one thing and they had a promise set before them. And their journey is so interesting to watch. You know, God provided for them. There was miracles. He delivers them. There's these plagues. The Red Sea, they cross the Red Sea. They walk on dry land. He continues to guide them fire by night, cloud by day. I'm like, gosh, if God provided for me like that, I would never question him. I would be like, Lord, I trust you in everything. I mean, who wouldn't, right? And then they go, they're to the promised land and they send out the spies. And what's crazy is you read the reports of the spies who went through this whole experience and journey together and they saw the works of the Lord. And only two came back and actually believed that what God said would happen. Because what happened is we went to the promised land and there were giants there. And there were, it wasn't what they thought. And only two came back and said, yeah, they're giants, but if the Lord is with us and this is our land, then we can, we can take this. It's super encouraging. Like, yes, I would be like that. But then I look at my own life. You're like, wow, how much has God provided for me? What have I seen God do? How faithful is he? Oh, without question. So do you trust him? Well, it didn't turn out like what I thought. Well, do you trust him? Is he with you? I mean, this is really hard. I I don't know where he's at. Like what happens to our eyesight when things don't go like we planned? Like I just don't know. I want to eat ice cream. See, there you go. Just going back. My prayer is that we would know who God is in light of and despite of, no matter what is going on in our lives. I believe that He's calling us deeper to anchor down in Him. And I want to speak like we're so okay, I'm gonna go really fast. Too much stuff. Okay, so how can you tell when you when you trust? How can you tell how you can tell when you trust? First, you're letting go, you relax, or you sleep. That's how you know when you're you're trusting. Jesus is asleep in a boat in a storm. What should you be doing when there's a storm going on? Well, it depends if you're worried. But if you're trusting, you could probably go to sleep. You're willing to jump, step, or move forward. It's the action that is, um, your belief is uh, connected to your actions, and even Caleb, he was one of, Joshua and Caleb were the two spies that they went into the land and they said, we've got this. We know what God's already done and he's going to do what he said he's going to do. In his response, number 1330, he says, the people were starting to, um, to complain. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let's go up at once and take possession for we are able to overcome it. I believe that when we're in positions of trust, we just step forward. We risk. Because you don't have to worry what's going to happen. Because we trust. At the same time, trust can look like waiting. Sometimes you already know, like, it's going to be okay. Oh, no, but I could miss out. I just need to go. Oh, no, I need to make it happen and strive. I need to go find a job right now. God said, wait. Well, what's going to happen? It's going to be okay. He said, wait. Quick story, I did the Tough Mudder uh, with a group of five of us. Steven, that was fun. Eric, um, and we uh, went up, I don't know, it was like 13 miles and all these um, obstacles And I was super excited. I arranged it, loved it. But I was a little bit nervous about all the cold water because that's my kryptonite, is icy water. And it snowed at Lake Tahoe that weekend. So all these obstacles have cold water. And I'm like, I have to jump in that? Oh my gosh, I have to be brave and courageous. I could do this. And the second or third obstacle, you have to climb up this giant scaffolding, really tall. And you get up there and you know, it's always taller when you're up there. You're like, oh my gosh. And you have to jump into this lake and then swim to the edge to get out and keep running. And the lake had snow around it. So do you know what the temperature at that lake was? Freezing. And, um, but we said, we're gonna do this all together. Tough mudders, no man left behind. So, <laughs> um, okay, we're together. So of course I'm the first one up the scaffolding and I'm up there and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting and I am chicken, like I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta do this, can't do this, gotta do this, can't do this. I'm like, okay guys, come on, come on. And they're all climbing to the scaffolding and I started to not trust my ability to actually jump off that thing. So I'm waiting and all of a sudden I just went, and I just jumped in. I did not wait for my team because I did not trust myself. (laughs) So if I trusted myself, I would have waited. And that's how it is in life often. If we can trust, sometimes it's just time to wait. Because when we get worried, we have to make it happen. And that's a lot of times what we do. We grind it out without God. And we just end up going in circles. So what does it look like to trust God? It could look like all of those things. But maybe you would know, and he definitely knows. How do we walk in trust? Know who he is and what our place is, responsibility. His ways are higher than ours. That is such a beautiful thing. It helps me get off my high horse. It's not all about what I think. His ways are higher. Do I know who he is? The second thing is humility. In humility, he is God and I am not. And I, this one helps me out a lot because I'm so quick to judge and to go, this is, we're going to do this and this. But if I were to stop and be quiet, I'm like, actually, God has different plans. He's God. I'm going to let him work it out. I don't need to figure it out. And then invitation to know him in new places and new ways. When we're in new seasons, we're going through or new locations, he's doing something different. He's telling us to lay down instead of run. Sometimes that's a hard shift for us. Do we know his ways? Our responsibility is just to follow and to be, not to always, we don't need to be God. How do we trust? Surrender. It's just bringing ourselves the good, the bad, the ugly, all the stuff. This is the best thing, but the hardest because you have to just let it go. Do we trust him enough to surrender to him where we're at and what's going on? And then lastly, I think one of the most beautiful acts of trust and surrender is worship. That's what we get the opportunity when we meet here. We start with worship. It's just taking everything and giving it to him. Our heart, but also everything, not carrying around. We weren't meant to live with crazy stress. You know that. It actually kills us. A lot of disease and sickness is caused by stress because we just learned to surrender. We weren't meant to carry all this weight. And we are going to be healthy people.
0: Thanks for listening to today's talk. If you're interested in learning more about studio here in Greenville, you can go check out our website, studiogreenville.com. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram. Our handle is studio.greenville. Have a great week, everyone.